0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week 11 in the books. Uh, First of all, what do you think? Should we recap these games or should we just spend the next hour and a half talking about the Michigan thing? What do you think?
1: I was thinking uh, we talked about the Michigan thing and then we can debate the merits of suspending Jim Harbaugh if you're the Big Ten longer than the NCAA suspended Bill Self at Kansas for college basketball. Do a little crossover. (laughs) That's what I was thinking.
0: That, that's really what I was hoping we would talk about in this yeah, episode. Good. Since that's yeah, what only I, that's all anybody wants to talk about right now.
1: Like, yeah. And we're doing this, and we're doing this live. So I figured that you know that's that's something everybody wanted to stay up real late to talk about as well uh, after right. a fun day of college football.
0: Everyone looking for the ACC guys and in, uh, input on the uh, the whole Big Ten shenanigans. Yeah, because yeah. this is pretty explicitly a Big Ten problem. Like this is. Big tent infighting. anyways. Yeah. The,
1: the ACC would never do such a thing. We, we don't cheat in this conference.
0: Absolutely right? not. Right.
1: North Carolina, North Carolina cheated tonight. I think.
0: Hmm. There were some suspect officiating decisions in the, uh, at least in the second half, if not specifically in the fourth quarter of that game and even in overtime. And, uh, you know, we got a couple folks in the, in the comments here in the chat. We're, we're by the way, we're live at youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast, Uh, It is Saturday night. It is a few minutes after midnight on the East Coast. Um, North Carolina and Duke just finished up in double overtime here in the last few minutes, so uh, we got folks with some opinions there. I I share some of these opinions, by the way, Um, but we'll we'll get into those. Uh, Mike, we got to recap these games. We had a busy week, uh, a lot of interesting games to talk about, so we're going to get into those. Once again, uh, if, if you're looking for where to find us, where to watch this, you know, if you were looking to join us, we're at youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell icon to be notified when we're going to go live. Uh, and you too can come join in the comments. We really appreciate the folks that have joined us here uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Mike, anything I've forgotten before we do our a uh, little rap- rapid recap?
1: No, just subscribe to us on YouTube.
0: Subscribe. Hit the button. So
1: just reiterating.
0: Producer Scott, we got 10 minutes on the clock. We do. Oh. Podcasting is a visual medium, Scott. Thank you. All right. Good. Uh, all right. Mike, when you're ready.
1: And go. Louisville 31, Virginia 24. This is back on Thursday night. Uh, Virginia. Right back yeah, right. Surviving advance in Louisville, Virginia running back Paris Jones, uh, really hurt himself. He's mm-hmm. going to be okay. Uh, had spinal surgery, I guess, today or yesterday. Uh, he is still hospitalized in Louisville, but he's walking. So, really, really scary situation there. Wanted to address yeah. that off the top. He's going to be okay, it looks like.
0: Yeah, very, very scary. Um, yeah, with spinal surgery, I believe it was yesterday. They said he, he walked a little bit today, which is good news. Um, very scary situation it sounds like there's a road to recovery there but we we're obviously missing a lot of details so yeah um you know he played a really good game here and then yeah had a really scary injury that will you know uh, hopefully is something that he's able to recover from i thought so um uh, we will uh, we'll see how things go for him Overall, i very impressed with Anthony Calandria in this game. Very impressed with Virginia in, in general. I thought they made some really good halftime adjustments, came out in the second half, and uh, Louisville was really on their heels for a lot of it. And uh, this this absolutely felt like an escape for Louisville in this game.
1: Yeah, I was talking about on the preview how I thought Boston College was a bad bowl team, right? Like six mm-hmm. wins, like a bad, good team, in quotes. Uh question joey is virginia a good bad team
0: kind of feels that way
1: so i'm just looking at this one score games this year and one oh and two oh and three one in three one in four uh one in five in one score games this year which seems a little bit unlucky
0: so if you if you hear the old you know four-year new coach progression of lose big lose small win small win big I think 1 in 5 and 1-score games constitutes losing small. Like mm-hmm. you're playing a lot of close games and you're you're that close but not quite pulling it out. It's better than it was last year. And and I think we might be might have been a little bit quick on a couple of the judgments on Tony Elliott and the staff. I I'm seeing growth and improvement here, especially in the back half of the season.
1: I think they might have just screwed the pooch on the whole quarterback thing. Yeah, Musket's been fine this year. Calandra has got a lot of upside, so Mm -hmm. just continue to play him. Yep. Noon Slate. We have seven and a half minutes, Joey. Noon Slate. Virginia Tech, 48. Boston College, 22. Buddy, the Hokies are the bar. The Hokies Mm. are the bar. They're the bar. They Ever since conference play started, they are beating the teams that they should beat or, you know, 50-50 games, and they're winning them emphatically. They're losing against teams they should lose against. They mm-hmm. are the bar in 2020. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hokies close to going bowling. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're going to get there. Uh, Boston College, bit of a beat up situation here. No Kai Robichaud, no Pat Garwo. Uh, Thomas Castellanos ends up leaving this game. Abbott Moorhead comes in. We got Moorhead in this in this game. So uh, Please. not the best not the best afternoon for Boston College. Um, yeah, they they got run over here by, uh, by Virginia Tech. 363 yards on the ground. My goodness.
1: Yeah. Uh, damn good, Hokies. Mm-hmm. Damn good. Way to bounce back after a really ugly game against Louisville. That'll do. Uh, number four, Florida State, 27. Miami, 20. Uh, Miami did not have Tyler Van Dyke. Just kidding. They did. They didn't start him. Uh, they, had even,
0: <laughs> they had
1: him. They had him. Unfortunately, at the end, they had him. Uh, Emory Williams started uh, in Van Dyke's place. He probably broke his arm or did something pretty serious to his upper body. Uh, something with his arm. Significant arm injury. That's what was reported. Significant arm injury. It looks that like way code for a broken arm. Yeah, yeah he was uh, trying to run for a first down. By the way, they got a very favorable spot on that play, but mm-hmm. they were trying to run for a first down late down a touchdown against florida state tyler van dyke ends up coming in throwing an interception uh emory williams interesting stat line eight of 23 for 175 and two touchdowns sure
0: like this is a uh this is a hall of fame stat line here like fantastic just like take a screenshot of this and and post that in the louvre uh yeah eight of 23 for 175 and two scores sure why not um yeah. Yeah, we gotta. I want to have a conversation about what we thought about Emory Williams because I I think yeah. it's interesting. Actually, um, yeah, a little bit of a I guess you know a little bit of a survival situation for Florida State. Um, they they did what needed to be done in the second half to put this game away, but it definitely was closer than maybe we thought it was going to be, or maybe thought it should be.
1: Uh, yeah, questionable playoff team. Uh, number 24 North Carolina 47 Duke 45 and double overtime ACC referee situation I want to reserve everything I say about this game for later on when we have a little bit more time fair
0: yeah okay this is a candidate to uh to start with after uh after the rapid recap yep um what a game first of all yes um, very back and forth what a performance by Grayson Loftus uh third string true freshman quarterback for Duke keeping you in this game and on the road rivalry game, all of that. I mean, he made throws and, man, UNC's defense is uh, is really something at times. <laughs> That's not always
1: something good. Not always something good is right. Uh, they survive in advance and hopefully the check cash is for the officials. Uh, Clemson <laughs> <laughs> moving on Clemson 42 Georgia Tech 21. I think Haynes King just threw another interception.
0: Uh, yeah. The, the thing that I said where I think Georgia Tech can keep this game close or, or maybe even win if they play a clean game. This was not a clean game, not even close. Um, it, it really, especially for the offense, the offense was, I mean, in various levels of shambles throughout this game. Um, it really felt like, uh, and, and I, I think the defense started out pretty well, but they were on the field the whole game, Mike. And like, at some point you just wear out. And so, um, uh, you know, you you picked a bad day for Cade Clubnick to have one of the be- better performances we've seen from him. Um, you know, you picked a bad day for uh, Will Shipley to come back and and look just fine in a lot of what he did. Yeah, this was uh, you know, I if you play this game ten times, I don't think the margin is twenty one points. You know, more than two or three times, but this was one of those times.
1: Yeah, it's one of those times. NC State twenty six, Wake four six. Wake sucks. Dude. Uh, this was this was my worst pick of the week. I bet on this game. I wish I hadn't. Uh, terrible decision by me. Wake's got what? problems. Dave Clawson knows it.
0: <laughs> what an idiot.
2: Oh, what a loser.
1: Yeah, emphasis on the loser. This was a big loser.
0: Rough day for our favorite uh, South Korean baseball team. Oh, yes. The CW C- underdogs. CW underdogs did not win today. Yeah, did not
2: win. Yeah, CW, CW CW favorites. Congratulations, Wolfpack CW.
0: Yeah, that's right. right. Wolfpack CW, yeah. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, NC State now 4-0 and on the CW this year. That's that's, that's what Reddit College
1: Football told us. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Amazing. Uh, do you yep. want to spend two minutes talking about Syracuse-Pittsburgh?
0: I mean, we can try. There, uh, well, we, we could try to spend a full two minutes now talking on it, or we could try to keep it to two minutes later because, like, Depending on how you look at it, there's like nothing to talk about here or there's a whole hell of a lot to talk about with what Syracuse did in this game.
1: Yeah. Uh, Throwing more passes with tight ends and quarterbacks running a completely different offense in the second half. Dino Babers after the game pretending like Garrett Trader's healthy when he's clearly not. Uh, Having our
0: quarterback throw two passes and our tight end throw five had nothing to do with the health of the quarterback, Mike. Nothing at all. You guys just don't know what you're talking about. Here at Syracuse, we're playing five D chess, brother. I
1: always throw more passes with my tight end than my quarterback when he's fully healthy. I'll tell you that. Uh, Pittsburgh, right. Pittsburgh side. Mm. Man,
0: I don't know if I would call this a lack of effort. Like the whole like again the the quit word. Like I don't know if I would go fully there with Pitt, but there. It... I don't know how I don't know if they're going to win again this year. Like, man, sometimes some of these performances are just kind of checked out from Pitt at this point.
1: Sometimes you're just bad. That's the way yeah. it goes. Uh, time.
0: We did it once again. Under 10 minutes. You've had under 10 minutes. All of the ACC games this week. You know, you you, you went from Thursday to the noon window. And uh, you hit on, oh gosh, what was it? Boston College and uh, Virginia Tech. And then you went straight to uh, Miami, Florida State. And I was like, oh, thank- thankfully he forgot about the Georgia Tech game. Like, we don't have to oh, talk no, about that. No, uh, like, no. Nope. Uh, internet e- never forgets.
1: E- ESPN didn't necessarily go in chronological order after Thursday. So Yeah, that's true.
0: That's true. Uh, all right, Mike, should we uh, tell the people that these uh, rapid recaps brought to you by section103.com? the Internet's premier place for all things wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. They've got T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. Uh, I, I'm wearing a Section 103 hoodie right now. It is super comfy, uh, very warm, uh, looks great, helps to show off my uh, my Georgia Tech fandom. So they've got all the official word marks, uh, all the official, uh, the tech gold, uh, anything that you want to go find there, section103.com. Sherzies, supporting Haynes King, uh, Zach Pyron, Dante Smith, even Miles Kelly from the basketball team. They've got a couple of new uh, basketball shirts out there as well, so go find those. Use promo code GOACC at section103.com for 10% off your first order. Uh really appreciate Steven and the gang for their support and their partnership. Um again, just as much high quality Georgia Tech apparel as you could as you could ever ask for. It is all there at section103.com.
1: Shout out to and the gang.
0: Mhm.
1: Steve was at the game today. He was at he was. the Clemson game, I saw. He was. So. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wish that would have gone better, but you know, it's Clemson. What you're going
1: to do. What you're going to do is right.
0: Georgia Tech held a lead in that game for the first time in like nine years. So that's, that's progress.
1: That would say that is definitely progress. (laughs) That's certainly progress. It's something. Let's talk about Duke, North Carolina off the top. Number 24, North Carolina, 47, Duke, 45, double overtime. Uh, I'll first give all, you. My... I need
0: a cigarette, and I don't smoke. <laughs> unreal,
1: unreal game. First game of all, wild, wild. A perfect eight o'clock ACC network game. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get West Durham and Tim Hasselbeck, I've mentioned this on this podcast this year a lot. They've been really, really good. Like calling these games, I just we we watch a lot of football, and they are consistently like top two or three on my list every week Mm -hmm. as far as a pairing is concerned and they were really good in this game again tim hasselbeck was going to have an aneurysm with a couple of these officiating decisions in this game which i know we'll get into in great detail yeah but my my initial takeaway here and hasselbeck mentioned it uh as the fourth quarter was winding down it felt like carolina so duke hung around for a while And then it really felt like in the second half, Carolina looked like the better team. Like they were starting to pull away and then they never could quite get enough separation. Yeah. And, you know, a a lot of different things happened, right? Duke just simply didn't go away. Loftus had an unbelievable game, played really, really well. They had the onside kick where they steal a possession. That certainly helped them out. Mm -hmm. Um, Carolina, what, what a call with like eight. I think it was eight and a half minutes to go. So that, that was a huge play there. Uh, Carolina, they went through a couple of dry spells offensively where they couldn't stay on the field,
2: <laughs> which
1: mm-hmm. in a game where you score 47 points. I can't believe that's a talking point, but it is when you could put the game away. It's just a, another really feisty effort by Duke, and they just never really seem to truly get blown out like I, even the Louisville game right where they get shut out and Riley Leonard's not playing and they're clearly not the better team like they hung around for a while even in that game when mm-hmm. they were outgunned everywhere and just still did, made Louisville earn it still made Louisville earn it they make teams earn it and they could have just as easily won this game as lost it tonight uh yeah I I was I was pretty impressed by Duke here and good for north carolina for pulling it out i know the story is going to be the officiating but i thought carolina played well tonight too
0: yeah i mean i mean they did and drake may he made at least one of the one or two of the dumber throws i've ever seen him make um i think the interception that i saw him throw was like i don't know who you were throwing that to and i don't know what you're even trying to do with that throw that was horrendous uh, but he also made a couple throws that were like, holy smokes, how did he do that? Um, like being sacked and just flips the ball out in front of him for a third down conversion, basically. Like he had a couple of really, really impressive moments. Um, I, I was blown away by Grayson Loftus, too. Again, like freshman quarterback going into a rivalry game. Is this was this his first start or second start? Like he, uh, you uh, know, he started, started last week. Him, he started last he started week last week. Yeah. Okay. Like All right. So he so second start but you're going in into Chapel Hill rivalry game at night, you know, crowd is jacked up, you're playing behind almost the whole whole game. Um the way that he hung in there, I th- I thought he was poised, held his composure, you know, made a lot of really good throws throughout the night. Um Jordan Moore, jalen Calhoun were his two, you know, safety <laughs> blankets and they they carried him through a lot of it. Uh credit to those guys, credit to Duke's defense as we've mentioned. Um yeah, I, this is this is heartbreaking for Duke, honestly, to lose this game and, and to to not reclaim the victory bell. Um, this is 13 straight wins for Mac Brown, I guess, in this rivalry as North Carolina's head coach, <laughs> I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, they they call that out of the broadcast. They showed that the last Duke coach to beat Mac Brown uh, in this rivalry was Steve Spurrier. So oh. I, I
1: was going to ask, uh, is that coach alive still? And as far as I know, Steve Spurrier is still alive. Oh, so. he's
0: alive and well, bro. That, that's the old yeah. ball coach, the head ball yeah. coach, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think North Carolina played well. North Carolina's defense, man. The, <laughs> there were like the, there so were at bad. least two Duke touchdowns in this game that were like handoffs that were basically the same play where North Carolina defenders took bad routes. And Jordan Waters able to just get around them basically to the corner of the end zone. Um, this, this happened throughout this game is that North Carolina's defense, not in position, not taking the right routes, bad at tackling. Like it, it just continues to be a common theme. I'll say in the Mac Brown era, but I mean, when's the last time you saw a North Carolina defense under Larry Fedora or under yeah. anyone else that you're like, Oh yeah. Like really good North Carolina defense here. It, it I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah,
1: it's been a really long time. Uh, yeah, didn't happen with Fedora. Uh, yeah, it's been years, mm-hmm. easily a decade or more. Uh, yeah, ugly. I I think Carolina at times like they're capable of playing good defense, but it happens like once a month. <laughs> it doesn't happen consistently. Yeah. Uh, this is again this is a situation where Duke is playing without Riley Leonard and you let him score 45 points. yeah it's just not a not a very good look It's not like this Duke offense is wildly explosive. we've had this conversation before. Duke's best asset offensively all year has been Riley Leonard's legs like that's been their best offense and this was the best the passing game I, I know Loftus didn't even throw for 200 yards. But this is the best the passing game has looked in a while tonight. I mean, guys were running wide open. Loftus was converting on throws. The one that he made in the end in the fourth quarter uh, to give Duke the lead at the end of regulation. That was was on fourth
0: down, by the way.
1: Fourth down. North Carolina goes all out blitz. It was fourth and seven. They go all out blitz for some reason and busted coverage in the back end of the secondary because, you know crab cakes in football. That's what North Carolina does. Like they, they just blow, they blow coverages and back into the secondary. They're running, they got guys running wide open everywhere. Uh, and loft is just, made, that's an easy throw. That was like 25, mm-hmm. 30 yard throw. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I Tim don't hassle on the call. Like that's not even a challenging throw. Like that's, you know, you're making it easy on him basically. And Hasselbeck. I
1: mean, he immediately was like, that's why you don't do that. It was like the first thing he said, you know, he, West Durham didn't even really get a chance to like call the touchdown before Hasselbeck was like, yeah, that's why you don't do that. Yeah, it was. And I texted you guys. this. It's like a group. Of, the thing I love about Hasselbeck is like when he gets on there and he's calling a game and he's discussing the schemes or he's discussing why a play worked out or didn't work out right the way that it did. He talks about it like the three of us would talk about if we were sitting there drinking beer in a room together, which is why I love listening to him so much the yeah. immediate like his first immediate thought was like oh yeah that, that's a great throw by loftus it was yeah carolina that's why you don't do that <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's why you don't blitz like that on fourth and long which i really appreciated
0: yeah it's similar to uh uh orlovsky dan orlovsky will do some of that too of just like yeah. hold on what are we doing here like and just straight up call it out on the broadcast he's not trying to be politically correct about it or whatever now um hasselbeck by the way was also in on multiple moments important moments late in this game where the officiating seemed very tilted towards north carolina Mm -hmm. Um, there was north carolina throws a pass Uh, i think at this point duke was leading north carolina is going in trying to score a go-ahead touchdown they throw i think it was a third down pass down near about the five yard line and uh there's a duke defender that gets there like so it was uh Oh, who's, who's the receiver? Something Nesbit Nesbitt, it was uh, 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 Bryson Nesbitt. Sorry. Names are hard for me. Um, Bryson Nesbit, Not like,
1: former Georgia Tech rate, right, Josh Nesbitt.
0: It was not Josh Nesbitt. No. Um, yeah. Josh Nesbitt went pro in some other than sports, I think. But um, in any case, Bryson Nesbitt, Bryson Nesbit kind of, kind of hauls in the past, but it, he's, he's holding it pretty well out in front of his body and a Duke defender comes in and, seems like the Duke defender might have more possession than Nesbitt did before he, Nesbitt hits the ground. And it's a clear, like we're going to review this, right? Because we just reviewed a Tez Walker catch down the field that, it you know, made no sense. They I guess
1: they were trying to see whether or not he stepped out of bounds before he caught the pass, which would was have been the, like illegal touching.
0: It was the only thing I could think. Yeah. yeah. was, did he step out of bounds 30 yards before catching the and ball basically? And it, and it wasn't really close. It really, kind of wasn't, yeah. And, but we spend a minute and a half reviewing that, and then this, which might be a turnover, you know, in, at the five yard line, to keep Duke in the lead. Now nah, we're not going to review that. Now nah, we're why 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 why
1: why I don't know.
0: I don't know. Not reviewing I'm so that. So
1: glad he pulled that sound. We've been talking about using that one for a while. I'm so glad you pulled that, Scott.
0: Don't know why they didn't review that. Uh, like two plays later, North Carolina scores. I'm still waiting on the ball. Don't lie moment from that, by the way, because um, yeah. it seemed like, look, it would have been one thing if they had reviewed it and they said, no, ruling on the field stands. It's a catch for North Carolina.
2: Like, is simultaneous that's, possession reviewable? I don't know.
0: I think it is.
2: It's. That's the it, only way I could think of it is if it, they. That's what they ruled, and then like they say simultaneous possession. Well, if you can't review simultaneous possession, then that's why I, it goes it, to the office. If
0: you go like, to that's review that's and you decide it's simultaneous possession, and you can just say like I don't know, play stands or whatever, but like that doesn't it doesn't keep it from being able to be reviewed. That's not something like possession is not unreviewable inherently. I wouldn't say uh,
1: all I'm gonna, all I'm gonna say is I thought Mike Elko was gonna have the big one. He was mad he almost on the aneurysm sideline. Aneurysm over there yeah he was turning colors i've never seen him turn before <laughs> that man was mad uh, really
0: accentuated by the white hoodie he was wearing
1: yes that really brought out the uh reddish purple in his face mm-hmm. uh i just want to shout out jordan bowman uh commenter Yo, sup, y'all! Long-time listener, first time chatter. Not a banner day for ACC refs. First of all, thanks for joining mm-hmm. us tonight, Jordan. And yeah. we're in total agreement. Yeah, certainly not a banner day. This is not the first or the last time. I, I guess it is the first. It's not the last time we're going to be talking about the referees tonight.
0: Yeah, uh, Miami North Carolina, uh, Sorry, Miami Florida State. Uh, that game referees question that iffy. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk later about Louisville, Virginia. Um, <laughs> I had people telling me that the officiating was bad. We'll get to that. Um, Sure. right. Anyways, so there was a non-review here, should have been. Uh, North Carolina, by the way, in double overtime, they score a touchdown. They're going to go run a two-point conversion play. It's a little bit of a scramble drill, I guess, from Drake May, kind of a short one, but he sort of flips one into the end zone. It's caught. Two points are good. And then I see someone wearing number 63 standing up in the middle of the end zone. I'm like, hang on. That guy's not allowed to be there right now. Wait a minute. Which, by the way, Tim Hasselbeck is like, hold on. (laughs) What's that guy doing in the middle of the end zone? Yeah. 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 So you had a pretty blatant, uh, egregious, illegal man downfield on a uh, game-deciding two-point conversion play. Uh, Yeah, there was a, as Evan Sandage commented, he mentions there's a a super soft, uh, I think it was a, yeah, super soft, if not like phantom holding call against Duke, I think on the final drive of regulation, I want to say, that got got the game to overtime. There were a number of things, Mike, that I, I really try not to be like referees were biased or, uh, you know, officials had an agenda guy. But, man, it was hard to look at this game and think, like, no, this was totally fair and unbiased and uh, nobody had any agendas here.
1: Even the officials have bad men,
0: right? Hmm. I mean, of all the schools in the ACC, are we going to say that North Carolina, the Tar Heels,
1: let he who is without sin,
0: no, I'm just kidding, at home in Chapel Hill aren't going to be somehow potentially, maybe just a little bit trying to influence the officials. I don't know.
1: I like doing this because the Carolina fans that listen to this are going to be screaming, and maybe turning the episode off, which is pretty funny. Because I, I mean, I, we make fun of Duke plenty.
0: Yeah,
1: not lately. Not lately because they've been good, but we made fun of Cutcliffe Duke a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, it's not like we're pro. It's not like we're uh, just straight up anti Carolina. we we make fun of everybody.
0: One more thing I do want to call out about this game, and then I'm good to move on, is um, Amari and Hampton, 31 for 169 and a touchdown, mm-hmm. really good. And in a weird way, I see he had 31 carries, and I'm like, he he might should have had twice that. Like, yeah, why did you ever stop handing it off to that guy? Because he was picking up yards and chunks constantly during this game.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he's been really good all year. And it's a big reason why I think the Carolina offense this year has just been a bit more well-rounded. They've committed to the run. Like, we've talked about that a bunch. They really prioritized running the ball with Amari and Hampton in a way that they really didn't do when Phil Longo was the offensive coordinator in terms of mm-hmm. just, like, making sure the running back gets the ball 25, 30 times. Yeah. They really didn't do a whole lot of that under Longo. So,
0: Yeah.
1: I, I do like the way the Carolina offense looks. I think they are more explosive than they have in the last few years. And I think it's because they, you know, teams aren't just loading the box anymore. They're not just dropping eight or nine in coverage anymore. Like there's a balance that Carolina has to their offense where defenses are still just really trying to figure out even in the second half of games, like what are they going to do offensively? I mean, Carolina, a great example. The chunk plays they got before the field goal uh, again. It was another question, another questionable penalty call on that drive. But Carolina got some big time chunk plays after that Duke touchdown to go up late, right? Where Duke uh, Carolina had to go down and kick a field goal to tie it and send it to overtime. Uh, some chunk plays quickly. Drake May marched them right up the field. They're very explosive, like in the running game and the passing game. So, yep, Hampton was impressive.
0: Congrats, North Carolina. Tar Heels, 47, Duke, 45. Mike, where to? That was the wildest game of the day. That was nuts.
1: Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, Let's talk about Florida State, Miami.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Florida Uh, State, 27, Miami, 20. Uh, A game that I I was like, oh, there's not a chance that Florida State's going to cover 14. Then it was like, oh, they might. And it was like, oh, no, no, they're not. And it was like, oh, they might. And then they didn't. So This
1: kind of played out in some ways similar to the game we just talked about where Mm -hmm. it looked a couple different times, like Florida state was going to get some separation Mm -hmm. and then they really just couldn't Uh, Miami's defense. I thought hung in there, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, Florida state, you know, they got some chunk plays in the passing game that the Trey Benson run in the second half was obviously pretty significant Mm -hmm. Uh, that they, they made some big time plays. It feels like every time they need something like Keon, it's, you know, Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson, they're the flashy names in the offense, right? With Travis. But every time they need a big time chunk play this year, I feel like Trey Benson has been the one to deliver it. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. Coleman makes a big catch over the middle or he catches a really important touchdown pass. But when you need a chunk play, it's Trey Benson in the running game who's delivered it. And I, I thought he was really
0: good again today.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, Trey Benson is a guy who, if you start listing off big names for Florida State's offense, that's probably the fourth one that you get to. But he might be, yeah, like you're saying, he might be the most important guy ultimately to the, the yeah. final product there. Um, weirdly, I thought that special teams played a big role in this game, kind of both ways. I mean, there was uh, Miami missed a field goal in the first half. Florida state comes out of halftime and runs a, like a sneak onside kick that didn't work that we were all kind of texting each other. Like, why did they do that? What was the point of that? Yeah. Like, you know, you're the better team. You're at home. Why are we trying to steal a possession here? Like, you know, it's that, I don't know. It felt like a desperation kind of, I don't know, a bit of a dangerous, you know, bad move. I thought honestly, just by uh, by Florida state trying to go for that. Um, Yeah. There was, a, there was a long punt return, if I'm not mistaken, from Keon Coleman uh, that set up a, a late touchdown for Florida State that gave him the, the two-touchdown lead. Um, so, yeah, interesting game. I mean, I, I was impressed with Miami's defense, honestly, in this game. I thought they played their tails off. They got after Jordan Travis for a lot of this game, uh, made it tough for Florida State to run the ball. Trey Benson finishes with you know averaging about five yards a carry, but half of his yardage were on one run. Um, yeah. and, and the other 15 carries, he he was struggling a little bit to find uh, find room to run a lot of times. So I I was impressed with Miami's defense. Uh, and and here's the conversation I want to have here is so first of all, we've we've done this for like a month now with Tyler Van Dyke's health is like first of all, Mario Cristobal like insulting media and stuff, acting like you know, well, why uh, why are you asking about his health? Like he's fine, he's going to play. Right. And then he doesn't. And there was no unless I missed something, there was no indication here prior to, I don't know, this morning or something that someone was going to start not named Tyler Van Dyke. And then Emory Williams runs out there and he plays quarterback the entire game for Miami, um, which when I first saw that, heard that, it's like, oh, you know, you've got a freshman going into Tallahassee rivalry game. Again, I was I was blown away by Grayson Loftus for Duke doing it because I don't expect that from a freshman in a rivalry game that way. Emory Williams, his stat line looks bad. I felt like he wasn't bad in this game. Like I felt like he uh, he hung in there. I thought he tried to make things happen. Like the first couple. The snaps I saw him take it looked like he had happy feet and he was panicking and you know the the moment was too big for him. But I thought the more the game went on, it's like he was I don't know, he was trying to do some things and like I, I understood where he was coming from, I guess. And and it was I was semi impressed considering the context of, you know, what he looked like through the down the stretch of this game. He kinda managed to keep them in the game a little bit.
1: The reason why he started is because Mario Cristobal has a trust in Emory Williams, a freshman, that he doesn't have in Tyler Van Dyke, a junior, in regard to turning the football over. Mm. <laughs> like, Van Dyke's been giving it away like it's his job. Meanwhile, you have Emery Williams, who comes out of nowhere, makes the start, goes into Tallahassee. You mentioned the Happy Feet thing early in the game, and I agree. I think he was a little bit nervous. He chilled out pretty quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Eased his way in, realized, oh, wait a minute, I'm just playing football. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't turn the ball over at all the entire game. He he took care of it. And and Miami low-hanging. almost won for it. Miami almost won for it. And it's a little bit low-hanging fruit because, like, it's kind of a desperation situation. <laughs> and they're up against the clock and stuff like that. But Van Dyke comes in throws a pick, right? <laughs> now, yeah. I understand. I understand that it's a little bit different. Desperation, like trying to hit on chunk plays. You're forcing stuff in there because you have to. I get all that, but it's just before that
0: Van Dyke made two phenomenal throws uh, that we we agreed. It was basically the same throw twice. It was down the sideline, back uh, a back shoulder throw. And it was it was on target. It was a dart on really well thrown. And yeah, those were good. And then he threw an interception. So,
1: yeah. So, it's just funny to note the interception because that's just been what he's doing, but that not all interceptions are created equal, as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think the key thing is, like, Van Dyke's been turning it over, and if you turn it over against this Florida State defense, i um, up a short fields, game can get out of hand in a hurry. Yep. Williams didn't do that. Miami, uh, I thought, took really good care of the ball. Uh, they really tried to run it. You know, Uh, Donald Chaney, I thought, actually ran the ball pretty well. They just Mm -hmm. didn't really. I don't want to say they didn't commit to it, right? Because they kept handing it to Mark Fletcher, too. But they just really struggled to consistently keep drives alive, whether it was in the running game or in the passing game. Florida State just continuously got off the field. And that's when I thought the Seminoles were going to get some separation. And then they just never could quite do that. You mentioned the onside kick. I didn't really understand that for Florida Mm -hmm. State coming out of halftime. I didn't get it. I mean, they gifted Miami points there for no reason. I don't think that this is a game where if you're Florida State, you know, it's, yes, it's 10-10 at halftime, but you are still playing a freshman on the other side. I don't think you need to chase possessions at home against this version of Miami. At least you shouldn't be if you're, I guess, a rivalry game but you're supposed to be the number four team in the country. You're supposed to be a playoff caliber team. You shouldn't have to chase possessions against this Miami team. If you're like the team that you want to be right. Mm -hmm. So I was a little surprised by that. I think we all were, but yeah, you kind of survive in advance. Uh, But I didn't come away thrilled with how Miami looked for, or I'm sorry, with how Florida state looked for four
0: quarters. Yeah. I, Again, this game in particular, like, I feel like, you know, context can get thrown out a little bit. It seems like, you know, both teams treat this as the Super Bowl and that kind of thing. But it's, it's funny thinking, and I'm going to, we can talk about this specific thing in a little bit. But my dad texted me Thursday night while we were watching Louisville and Virginia and said that, you know, I really thought that like a borderline top 10 team in the country would have a better passing attack and the reason that i'm thinking about that is that i'm looking at florida state with this little number 4 next to their name and they're 10 and 0 and they're they're going to the acc championship game and i think it's a valid question to ask should the number 4 team in the country look better than they do right now like they're winning games and and i think you see flashes of like oh yeah they're they're quite a bit better than you know, whoever they're playing right now, but it's not right. a, uh, it's not a consistent wire to wire domination most weeks. And I think that's a valid question that we can, we can be asking about what is this Florida state team? You know who they remind me of? They remind 2017 me of t- Miami. <laughs> sort of uh,
1: <laughs> more. So more. So that that's, that's very funny, by the way, They they remind me more of 2014 Florida state. Right. Mm, yeah. Maybe now now, listen, that 2014 Florida State team probably has more talent than this version of Florida State does for sure. Oh, that but, whole
0: starting 22 is in the NFL, basically, or whatever. Right. Like,
1: like all of them came, all of them were like sophomores when they won the title and they came back and everybody expected Florida State to repeat. Remember, they're supposed to be really, really good coming off that title win mm-hmm. uh, against Auburn. And it was year one of the playoff, the college football playoff. Yeah, they the got crab to the, legs. the crab legs. Yes, the crab legs.
0: <laughs> Jameis was being Jameis all year, and
1: distractions all year, playing down to competition. They were clearly better than everybody they were playing against. Which, if you look at Florida State, with the exception of maybe the Clemson game and LSU games, like notwithstanding, they, from a talent standpoint, better than everybody they play. Right? Oh yeah, full stop. And like now, I. I look at just kind of how they're performing and I thought about how that Florida state team was performing and that team got to the Rose bowl against Oregon and got that ass beat. Yep. And I think for it's again, I think Florida state will be fine. I think we'll get to the ACC title game. They'll play probably Louisville unless Louisville stubs their toe against Miami. That's anybody's guess. Who's going to be in the title game. That's a tiebreaker situation next week. Virginia tech yeah. would still be in it. That oh, Virginia tech fans reminded me this afternoon. They, they would still be in the race. Sure fine of course we lost by five scores last week and now we're talking conference title game again because he beat the shit out of a really bad boston college game
0: but by the way we're we're talking about potential conference championship contender virginia tech who is still not bowl eligible point being point being
1: florida state will be a heavy favorite in the title game against anybody not named louisville right Mm -hmm. and then even against louisville they will likely be favored probably be favored.
0: Quite possibly double digits,
1: yeah. And then you're going to get to a playoff situation, and you name the other playoff contenders, and I don't think Florida State's better than any of them. I, the I write a, right now. I mm-hmm. write a uh, I write a top 25 projection for SI coming out of the games on Saturdays, and this was the first week I've had Florida State outside of the top four. I put Florida State at five. I had Washington jump them after the way Washington looked against Utah today, because. Utah really good defense Penix was really impressive Florida State is fumbling around with a Miami team that is barely going bowling mm-hmm. it just and I guess it's a rivalry game but it makes you wonder like you're this late in the year we're coming towards the end of the regular season and this Florida State team is not gaining a lot of separation from teams that they should yeah. it makes me a little bit nervous if I'm a Seminoles fan that's all I that's all I'm gonna say about that. Just think the time might be coming at some point.
0: Is Florida State playing their best football of the year right now? I'm going to be honest
1: with you. Their best game was their first game. Might have
0: been. I can't. It might have been. Right. <laughs> I. I, like... I mean. Here, here's the point though the fact that i asked that question and you can't give me a hard definitive yes is the problem like mm-hmm. you know you're in go time now and again florida state could win their next two games waltz through louisville and charlotte and then you know be 13 and 0 going into the playoff and again it's it's one of these situations of like you know I, here's what their record says that they are but I don't know that they're, you know, they're actually this quality of team, you know, like they might be closer to like the back end of the top 10 or something like that, you know, but by virtue of who they play and what the record says, you know, you you, you get a shot, but yeah, I mean, uh, who was it? Uh, Chad Bracey brings up, you know, don't think anyone thinks Florida State would beat Georgia or even Michigan. No, not a chance. Uh-uh. And, and, answers, no. and that's yeah. funny coming from a guy who I think it was last week on the recap. It's like, you know, would I pick Florida State over Georgia? I was like, yeah, maybe. It's like, well, talent-wise, if Florida State were really humming, I think they have the receiver combo that could give Georgia problems. They ain't humming right now. This this is not a, a team that is uh, really, really rolling in the way that they need to be if they're going to be going up and beating Georgia, Michigan, et cetera.
1: Georgia and Michigan. Humming. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Humming. Like Michigan, Michigan played a really good defense today. Didn't have their head coach on the sideline and they were cruising against Penn state. They were never really in danger. Yep. And Georgia just pantsed Ole Miss pants them.
0: If Florida state played Oregon next week on a neutral field, Oregon by a touchdown, at least I'm
1: watching Oregon right Nine now. And, and yeah, seven to 10 with that defense.
0: Yeah, Oregon's a friggin' machine, dude. Like, Oregon's crack got crack. a
1: case. I, I, no Oregon lost to Washington. You know what I'm about to say?
0: If Oregon wins out, they're going to the playoff. I think
1: they are, and I think they have no. a case. They have a case of being one
2: of the. They, I think they have a case of being the best team in the sport. They, they need so much help. So much. There's Alabama, one loss out there. There's Texas, one loss out there. Who could both win their conference?
0: Yeah, I if they, Alabama then, wins their conference, Georgia's not going to the playoff. I'll say that uh, right now.
2: I think Georgia will get in if they uh, not with
0: one loss. loss, not with that schedule. No way. Not on yeah. my
2: watch. They're, they're not they're not on Joey's champions. watch. Defending champions.
1: I think. Should I scheduled well, we Oklahoma. Be a
0: cowards. We could play. You're just oh, a Georgia died. hater.
1: Oklahoma <laughs> would die. Oklahoma would die. Confirmed. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. What were we saying? Oh, Florida State's just not. I don't think they're uh, national championship caliber. Is what I'm no. say
0: right now. And 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 I want to be very very clear about this. That's what we said from the beginning. Yeah, all Back year in, in season previews. I think I picked them to go either eleven and one or twelve and zero. You know, make and win the ACC championship. You know, all this stuff. But I think we always were very clear on. I don't think this is a national title good Florida State team. Right. Joey said um, ten and
2: two. Mike said eleven and one. I said ten and two. No, you did. I have it right here.
0: We need to pull that audio because there is. I okay. I did not pick Florida State to lose twice this year. You
2: I said think that, I said eleven said and they one. They would either to lose Clemson. to LSU
0: or Clemson, or you know, one or the other, but not both. Okay, we don't need to argue, but like, <laughs> I do take the notes. So sounds like we're arguing. <laughs> Um yeah, pull 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 the audio. We'll talk about it on the preview. How about that? Yeah. All that's right.
1: good. That works. Homework. Yeah. Trust producer Scott. Evan Sanders. Thank you, Evan. Free producer Scott. My guy. <laughs> Free producer Scott. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh I am very curious to see what Miami does next week against Louisville in the wake of everything that we saw today.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have Tyler Van Dyke back. I mean, they had him back
0: today. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I I think that becomes a very interesting... I mean, again, we've seen Miami crater after Florida State losses for years. There's been a couple of years that they have managed to kind of bridge the gap okay, and they, they don't actually fall apart too bad. They're back at home. Uh, Louisville off of a, a, a bit of a squeaker on Thursday. We can get to that in a little bit, but... Yeah, that game all of a sudden becomes very, very interesting as Louisville looks to lock up their spot in Charlotte here in a few weeks. So uh, I, I think that's that's the real point of intrigue for me coming out of this game.
1: Yeah, uh, next week will be very interesting. That's There are a couple of pretty intriguing games on the schedule, actually. Clemson, North Carolina will be interesting. Uh, that game between Louisville and Miami will be very interesting. Virginia Tech playing NC State will be very interesting. There are some good games on the schedule next week in the ACC.
0: Yep, yep. Florida State 27, Miami 20. You good, Mike? Uh, I am good. Let's move on. Let's do it.
1: Clemson 42, Georgia Tech 21.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. hmm
1: Uh yeah, so like when Haynes King doesn't turn the ball over, I think he's pretty good. The problem is that like he has a lot of these, like it's not just like I'm gonna throw an interception or two. It's I'm gonna throw three or four. It's like <laughs>
0: you think I won't do it again? <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. It's one of those types of deals. Uh this was really, really... On
0: three straight drives here, by the way. And uh one of them was returned for a touchdown, which really does not help the case. I mean, yeah, I mean, this was rough. Uh,
1: and then on top of it, Georgia Tech just couldn't really stop the run. Uh, I mean, this is not sack adjusted, right? But Clemson averaged six yards per carry in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was so I, I didn't think it would be 42-21. I didn't think it would be like a three score spread. I think I picked I picked Clemson to cover barely, I think was the words I used on the, on the preview. Mm-hmm. but this kind of went how I this kind of went how I thought I didn't think that King would throw four picks but I thought that you know if Georgia Tech you know turned it over left Clemson with some short fields and gave him some extra opportunities I thought that you know Clemson would be in a pretty decent spot at home here that's kind of how this played out
0: mm-hmm.
1: So I I don't have any like overarching takeaways other than I, I think Clemson was just given a lot more opportunities obviously i don't think georgia tech is is good enough to turn the ball over four times and expect to be competitive right we saw this against bowling green they had turnover issues against bowling green and and kind of got smoked uh they obviously played a bit better today than they did against bowling green but the point still stands You, you turn the ball over you put yourself in a spot where you're up against it against a team with more talent and you're on the road and yeah i mean this wasn't there wasn't really anything groundbreaking for me here. I didn't think Georgia Tech played well. I think if they played better, this game would have been closer. And Clemson is, I think, starting to find themselves a little bit. Like I don't think they're this fantastic team, but the last couple of weeks, I think they've, you know, taken care of the ball. They're not they're scoring in the red zone. They're starting to do the things that Dabo has been saying, like "Hey, if we do this, we're a pretty good football team," and I think the last couple of weeks certainly would bear that out.
0: Yeah. I so so a couple of things here. Um, number one, you look at this as a, a three-touchdown game as the final score, but it, I mean it was forty-two to seven at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and. The, th- the thing that I get hung up on is Georgia tech ran 65 offensive plays in this game. 29 of them were in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like Almost half of them. Like yeah. the-, the defense actually came out. They forced a three and out in the first drive forced a three and out in the second drive. The second drive will show a four play drive because Clemson faked a punt deep in their own territory, which was really, really dumb and set up Georgia tech to score a touchdown. But the defense played well early in this game and then even even through the first half Clemson I think in their first two touchdown drives they were like 3 for 3 on fourth down conversions and yeah. like tech made it hard on them for a while and then I think eventually the dam just breaks because Clemson just keeps running plays and you just you kind of wear out you get tired and you know that's what happens so uh Clemson did a good job, I thought, of not making mistakes after the fake punt that made no sense at all. Uh, Jordan Bowman spot on. Dabo sampled the communion wine a little bit early this weekend. Uh, Un-
1: unreal, unreal comment.
0: Now, I will point out, there's I- there's a little bit of a fallacy unreal. here, Jordan, is that I believe I don't think that Dabo is Catholic. Uh, I think Dabo mm-hmm. is is some sort of me- uh, of uh, uh, whoa whoa. You don't have to be Catholic to drink the communion wine. I don't think the other de- denominations have actual wine though do they
2: i'm methodist There's wine is it wine it's not grape juice or something like that who cares they don't actually give you wine at church bro at what the catholic church they, you know,
0: they, they do that that is wine dude no, that's not. wine yes it is it's straight it's it's, it's
1: wine it's wine Trust with me. a little it's wine with a little uh <laughs> i want to say kick exactly because that would be it's, incorrect it's not it's not it's, wine we're not drinking,
0: we're not
2: drinking this like is, this is seven a basketball conference podcast. This is not a religious podcast. But let's move on.
0: Nor is it a Michigan podcast or a playoff <laughs> podcast, but we've, we've really gone over the river and through the hills on uh, this show so far. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I thought Clemson played a clean game. They avoided mistakes for the most part and, and it had more talent. And I, I think when they're avoiding mistakes, that's when they can do this and they can, you know slowly work the ball down the field and and score a couple touchdowns here or there and their defense was very good today uh haynes king was not at his best and by the way as bad as haynes king's line looked there for a while it was it was a little bit worse than it should have been because he had a couple of throws that were on time on target would have been touchdowns That were just flat drops by at least at least two of them that i can think of for eric singleton jr who's going to be like a candidate for a freshman all-american wide receiver but today was bad and, and had a couple of rough yeah. drops like missed opportunities uh some sloppiness from georgia tech clemson didn't make mistakes is what it is flush it move on you got syracuse coming to town next week for georgia Tech. gotta and win right gotta try win. To win that game get bowl eligible gotta win have to have it got to win. <laughs> Georgia
1: Georgia Tech's got Georgia in 2 weeks. <laughs> got to win next week, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh win probability in 2 weeks is uh not not very high. Georgia's
1: not Georgia's not the team they've been the last 2 years, but I I watched a good bit of that old Miss game tonight, buddy. They got to win next week. <laughs> they got to beat Syracuse next week. Gross. God. Uh, yeah, that's all I got here. I just I don't have a lot to say. I I think Georgia Tech shot themselves in the foot. And you just can't do it against a better team. I yeah, it's kind of my takeaway.
0: Yeah, Cade so. Klepnik, twenty three of thirty four for four touchdowns. Sounds really good. Only two hundred five yards. He didn't really have to work that hard for it.
1: No, um, I thought he was good, efficient, short fields. Fine. They ran the ball well. This was a. Uh, this is how Clemson is going to win games until they. They're more explosive, right? Yeah. Throwing the football.
0: Yep, yep. Clemson forty-two, Georgia Tech twenty-one.
1: Let's talk about the Hokies. Let's do it. Virginia Tech forty-eight, Boston College twenty-two.
0: I, I, put I look. Word out there, we back up. Understand me? We back up.
1: We back up. Joey, all Virginia Tech has to do is simply play bad ACC teams. <laughs> And they just that's kicked good strategy. They just, good they, strategy. Just, they just kicked the piss out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh they enter today outscoring ACC opponents uh in, in victories. 106 to 44. Uh make that hundred and fifty four to sixty six. Is my math correct there?
0: I think so. You're gonna have to start over. Maybe. I don't know. One fifty four
1: to sixty six. I'm pretty sure, sure that's right. I I'm, I'm I trust you. It's not that I added those together incorrectly. It said, I don't know if it... I, I got to be absolutely sure it was 106-44 entering today in mm-hmm. ACC wins. Basically, like Virginia Tech gets blown out against Louisville and Florida State, and then they just beat the brakes off of the other ACC teams they play. Mm-hmm. So next week's going to be a really interesting game. NC State's got a really good defense, and they're coming to Blacksburg. Uh, and their offense is a work in progress. I'll put it nicely. So next week's going to be really interesting because I think NC State is the first true opponent they've played uh, that is like kind of at their caliber. Right? Like these other ages. That's a really
0: interesting Styles mix fights matchup because you're going up against a team that has a very good defense and a questionable offense. Mm -hmm. And you are a team that has, I think, kind of an average offense and an average defense. Then yeah. I don't know what comes out of that matchup. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh I don't either. I, I do want to introduce to you a new metric, if I may.
0: Oh, please.
2: Please this do. This is
1: a, a new analytic, mm-hmm. Uh data analytic that I've developed. So, you know, Bill Connolly is known for SP+. Oh, Trent. Lord. I'm known for POO. P-O-O.
2: Look, Clemson Poo. has
0: been struggling. They're not the... The Clemson will be- Oh, crap. That's the longer version. Never mind. That's I was going for the bad. Dave Dorn kiss my ass when you said poo. Oh, Anyways, okay. okay. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to
1: call this points off opportunities.
0: <laughs> Go off, King. Keep going.
1: Okay. Uh, Boston College uh, threw a pick on their opening drive. Virginia Tech kicked a field goal. Mm-hmm. Boston College then threw another interception. To the same guy, Dorian Strong. He had two interceptions today off of Thomas Castellanos.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Virginia Tech scored a touchdown off of that drive. Virginia Tech then kicked a second quarter onside kick and recovered it. Went down, <laughs> scored a touchdown because we're stealing possessions against Boston College, Chestnut Hill. Scored off of that one. Virginia Tech was 17-0 and poo today.
2: Oh, dang, Points off opportunities. Seventeen.
1: <laughs> 17- 17 and poo, baby. Yep, yep. That'll uh, that'll win you a game. That's, uh, I, I know you were curious what the next big data analytics uh, piece would be. That's what I, it was. I you was wondering.
2: data analytics, I thought you were going to say big dump after talking about poo. Okay. <laughs> big dump. Let's move on.
1: So Virginia Tech scored, so the 48 points Virginia Tech scored, second most in an ACC game in school history. Mm-hmm. So Boston College, man, what are we doing here? Exactly. Bad.
0: Was this so? Uh, all right. Total transparency here.
2: Mm-hmm, you're um, frozen, Joey. Sorry for this. Yeah, v- videos listeners. frozen. Oh, you can hear me.
0: Yeah, yeah, You're back. You're good. Total transparency. I did not really get eyes on this game. You guys were just texting me updates as uh, Virginia Tech ran up the score in this game. Uh, was was this a game script thing at all? Like, did this did this uh, just like kind of avalanche on Boston College from the beginning?
2: Because no.
1: No, so, I mean, the, the interception on the first play from scrimmage
2: is never good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, VT they, drove they down. Responded. We kicked a field goal, and they immediately scored a touchdown. So they slowly, scored a touchdown. You
1: know, yeah, dro- drove down the field. Virginia Tech had a couple issues with, you know, explosive runs. Like, BC had a few nice runs on that drive. Went down and scored. Uh, and then the Hokies just responded. Like, they just ended up scoring a bunch of points. Defense figured it out uh tech stole a possession randomly because pry said (laughs) at halftime he was like i feel like we're going to need that possession later and this was when virginia tech was up 31 7 at halftime he goes you know you never know we might need that extra possession so that's why i felt like we need you know i felt like it might be advantageous to kick an onside kick
2: uh and it was halftime and they score on the opening drive of the second half and it was over yeah it was over yeah Mm yeah Grant Wells
1: played in this game. He had a fifty-yard run, and it and looked fumbled. like he was going to go in for six. He fumbled; it. <laughs> he got tackled from behind and fumbled it out of the end zone.
0: Was there like mutual agreement with the Boston College defense to let Grant Wells run for sixty yards in one play? No. Like, no. How did that happen?
2: <laughs> what? It was a, it was a broken play that Grant Wells said, "I'm just going to run," and then he just kept running. It's, it's just like the a- legends. And- are you saying this is like
1: uh this this might get us cancelled? But is this like the uh where they do like the make a wish the make a wish kid thing at like spring games <laughs> and like the whole team gets around him and like lets him run up the field?
0: Is that what you're asking? Grant Wells was like, like one of the one of mascots, one of those like mascots versus peewee league teams.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're letting the the little kid from St. Jude with like the oversized helmet like run up the field. Like the whole team's around him. Is that what you're asking? They did for Grant Wells?
0: look there's got to be some explanation What doing there (laughs) (laughs) like why did he break a 50 yard
1: run my point is boston college boston college is really bad here virginia tech had 600 yards of offense
0: Hmm. we had more rushing yards than they had total yards 600 yards of offense for the Hokies in this game is uh that's an explosion i would say i just Hmm. i got questions man like they uh You also got receipts on Twitter, it turns out.
1: Yeah. Uh, If you're a BC fan that was tweeting at me when I said that Boston College isn't any good, and I cited their margin of victory in their six wins this year, the fact they hadn't really played anybody, and their best win was Georgia Tech, and that was their their largest margin of victory, and I thought it was fluky.
0: Kind of a weird fluky win, sure.
1: Because it was. And you look at kind of who their wins were and the fact they had the margin of victory was a little over six points per game, even with the two touchdown win against Boston College. The fact that they lost to northern Illinois. I was just stating I I had some questions. That's all I'm saying. So when people come at us, Joey, I say us because you chimed in on this with me on Twitter last Sunday morning tweeting with Boston college fans tweeting facts when they're telling us that we don't watch Boston college games and we're telling them that they don't, they're Boston college fans and they don't know what they're talking about. And then Virginia tech goes up to chestnut Hill after losing by five touchdowns to Louisville last weekend and beats Boston college by 26 in a game that wasn't even that competitive. Listen, I'm just going to bring it up again. Is mm-hmm. Boston College the worst six-win team in the country? People are wondering. <laughs> Many people, people are asking. People are asking. <laughs> uh, I think they're. I think Boston College is kind of some ass, and I I maintain that. I thought that coming into today, this result confirmed it. I don't think they're very good. Congrats on the six wins, going to a bowl game. Congrats to Jeff Halfley for taking this dead carcass of a team to a bowl game. That's really good stuff. I have respect for Thomas Castellanos. I think he has the potential to be really good. I think he's going to be very good. The rest Mm -hmm. of the team is not very good. And and they had some running back injuries today. I think Robichaux and Garwo are are good ACC backs. They were a little shorthanded today, but they should not have lost like this at home. This was embarrassing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's, it's, it's interesting from like a, The way that we talk about, like, how do you set up your non-conference schedule, right, is, and it's especially frustrating coming from the the place of Georgia Tech, right, is like every year we get to play Georgia, every third year we get to play Notre Dame, we also just have a a habit of setting ourselves up to play, I don't know, uh, Ole Miss, or, you know, take your pick of, like, random SEC programs, like, all the time. So basically, like, there's very few, like, free squares on on the, the board there to where, like, you got to go at least 500 in ACC play most years to make a bowl game. Meanwhile, I look at the Boston college schedule in the out of conference, Northern Illinois, Holy cross army, UConn, as we said in the preview, that should be at least three and one. It is three and one this year. So like, all you got to do is three and five. I, I, I and, and this is, that's Boston college. I, I see the same thing about Syracuse or, you know, some some of these other programs. It's like, I want to criticize them for not for not scheduling harder, but if they did schedule harder, I would criticize them for not scheduling easier. And it's, I think I'm just frustrated in my own my own program for (laughs) why are we playing multiple SEC programs plus Notre Dame every year? Um, Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I good for Boston College for scheduling a cupcake like Holy Cross and then promptly giving up like 270 yards rushing to them say well i just wanted to slide that in there too
0: i mean holy cross if you're following my twitter facts that were being posted uh holy cross rated higher than army was so and and certainly higher than yukon so <laughs> holy cross hitting the softball in there
1: yeah i think boston college fans they're looking for the alternate facts yeah they're looking for
0: I'm going to avoid getting myself into trouble like the way I, I did on the preview episode. So I'll pass. I'll pass. Okay.
1: okay. This felt good. This felt good as a Virginia Tech fan, Virginia Tech alum. This felt yep. good. This was a little crack your knuckles game. And just a good reminder that, you know, Brent Pry. by the way, Brent Pry owns Jeff Halfley. He's now got two blowout wins against Boston College.
0: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
1: Talk about exercising some demons.
0: Hokies are going to a bowl game, right? NC State and UVA. We'll see. Can't possibly lose both of those games. I think they're going one and one. <laughs> I, think,
1: I think they will lose one.
0: Got to get one of them. Got to get, one, Gotta of get them. one of them. Virginia Tech 48, Boston College 22. Bad.
1: More probable than not, I would say.
0: Should we uh, do the other podcast business here?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we are also sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Uh, I know you all are buying your sweet Homefield gear. We see the numbers. Keep doing that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, use the promo code GO ACC at checkout, homefieldapparel.com, 15% off your first order. If you've already purchased something with Homefield, use a different email. Use the promo code again. That's how that works. <laughs> that helps us. I'm sure Whitney is thrilled I just said that.
2: Uh, just use the link still and it will help us yes but you won't give 50% off so if you ran out of email addresses please still use the link
1: yeah still use the link it's important to use the link uh premium collegiate apparel super comfortable uh every acc school except stanford uh really comfortable clothing vintage designs really cool logos sweatshirts t-shirts bomber hats. jackets hats the bomber jackets are sick and they're going quick uh that's something that they've been pushing the bomber jackets really really comfortable from what i hear i don't own one but i hear they're awesome so go check those out i know they look good i've seen them know they look good but yeah use promo code go acc to check out 15 off your first order at home field uh shout out everybody over there uh, Whitney
2: has been awesome to work with. She's been our rep, she's been great. So, shout out Homefield. One thing on Homefield if you really like Homefield and you're like, Well, where can I get clothes that are just like Homefield, but maybe are plain and like unbranded? Well, they sell that too. So, go look there and use the code, it'll help. They still sell the soft clothing without the logos. Scott's trying to tell you joggers, t shirts, hoodies. If you yeah. just want like a nice plain blue black t-shirt in the same comfortability as your nice school of your choice brand they have it for you
0: this stuff is so soft i got to wear it one time before my wife took it from me same
1: i'd say same but pretty sure only i wear the home field apparel doesn't matter i wear it a lot so all good they don't care who wears it they just want you to buy it yeah uh we're also sponsored by vivid seats uh, this one, you absolutely need to use the link that is wherever you get your podcast. It's hit the description of this video. Click it. Really important you do that. Then when you, once you get there, use promo code BCPOD20 for $20 off your first order of $200 or more for any game, concert, any other event that has tickets with a third-party reseller, specifically with Vivid Seats. So, shout out th- to them for their partnership. Mm-hmm. Use promo code bcpod twenty. For $20 off your first order at $200 or more.
0: Do it. Use the link. Please. Beautiful. We have Please. a sound for that, Scott. Thank
1: there you. There it is. There it is. We have <sighs> three more games. Where to, Mike? These will be quicker, specifically two of them. Uh, let's get to one that'll take a little bit longer, though. Uh, Louisville 31, Virginia 24. So we talked about the Paris Jones injury off the top. That was really scary. Mm-hmm. Uh he's having surgery. Glad he's the initial reports are he's doing okay. So uh I don't think we have
0: a sense for like what the recovery timeline is there yet. None. No sense. Um uh but or or, or if there is one at all. Like, you know, who who knows when we're talking about spinal surgery and being able to walk. Um uh, that is that is scary, and that is not something you know. Not not things you want to hear. Anybody in for any team in football having to talk about you know, having to go yeah. through that's that movement,
1: you know. movement in the extremities, and then him coming out of surgery and walking. Those are good things to hear. Yep. So initial Agreed. reports are pro- initial reports are promising on the stuff that matters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As for the actual game, uh, you talked about Calandria when we did the quick recap off the top. Mm-hmm really impressed with him and I played mentioned his the ass thing, off played his ass off. And I mentioned the thing about Tony musket, right? Where like we kind of walked back some earlier comments this year that we had about Tony musket because he started to play a little bit better once he came back from injury. And I thought musket for the most part was pretty good when he was healthy this year. But I think Calandria provides you a little bit more. There seems to be more explosiveness in the passing game He provides you a little bit more with his legs. And he's only a freshman, and you're kind of starting to see the ceiling a little bit. And it feels like he's just kind of scratching the surface. You know, does he have turnover issues, a propensity to put the ball into tight windows and make throws he probably shouldn't make? Of course, he's a freshman. That's what they do. But I I came away from this game really impressed with him, thinking that, you know, UVA is this two-win team. We talked about their one in five record in one score games, but I came away thinking they got Duke and Virginia tech down the stretch. And I don't think it's impossible that they win one of those games.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, they, if they're going to keep playing with effort and stuff, despite being, you know, out of the running for a bowl game and such, I would not count this Virginia team out uh, of either of their final two games like at all. Um, like you said, I, the, the Calandria thing, it's, it's interesting to me. It's like it's kind of a, a, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword thing is like he's. Uh, I feel like the biggest difference between him and Tony Musket is he is willing to be more risky than Tony will be mm-hmm. and more risky. Again, it's a double edged sword. You know, it's sometimes it works out in your favor very well that he's just, you know, he's hucking it into coverage and you're, you're either going to get a pass interference call or uh, someone's going to come down with a ball. Other times it's going to be a turnover, or it's going to you know be some kind of risky decision that puts the ball in jeopardy. And if you have enough of those good moments, like they did on Thursday night here against Louisville, you're going to have a shot to to you know be a bit of a giant killer here, right? Like take down a team that you shouldn't. So I I was impressed with what he looked like, um, especially again, first start back from. Oh, I thought I was going to red shirt, you know, going on the road, tough environment. I mean, played his tail off. Virginia's defense played their tails off. I I was impressed with Virginia just full stop in this game, especially the way that they got smoked last week by, by Georgia tech to get up off the mat on a short week, go on the road, tough place to play borderline top 10 team against Louisville, all this stuff. And to play the way that they did, I was very impressed with Virginia in this game. Like, just, again, just full stop. No, uh, you know, no qualifiers for me. Yeah. I have
1: some questions about Louisville, though.
0: Very, I mean, this was. This feels like this is another example of like the Jeff Brom experience. For for whatever reason, I, I don't Short know week. what a, what a head coach does or doesn't do in practices and meetings and game planning and whatever it is, but like yeah, like this this Louisville offense, I don't they they, they got away from the run and they just I mean the defense played well in the first half and and struggled to kind of regain control of the game in the second half. I yeah, I I don't know if I have macro concerns about Louisville here, but yeah, I mean it was it was kind of alarming seeing how much they struggled, especially in the third quarter of this game. It was like it very much felt like oh they're about to lose. Yeah. It did.
1: Uh
0: to a point where it was honestly a little bit shocking. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I uh, was not anticipating this to be like a hell game for Louisville. They kind of was true or false. Louisville will make it to the ACC championship game with only one loss. They go to Miami and they host Kentucky.
0: One conference loss or one overall
1: one overall one one overall loss. I guess Uh, your your question your question specifically right there was Are they going to beat Miami on the road next week? My question is Are they going to the ACC
0: title game with one loss? I'm gonna say true, but note how long it's taking me to like muster up the courage to say that because. I am not fully convinced. I, yeah. I think they will. I think they have the edge in both of those final two games, mm-hmm. but not fully sold on it by any stretch. I
1: worry about them next week, and I worry about them against Kentucky because mm-hmm. both teams, a little bit hot and cold, but they have shown the ability to stop the run.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have yet to see a team stop Louisville's rushing attack enough to make Jack Plummer throw the football like 25, 30 times when, like, you're kind of up against it. Because, like, he's consistently throwing the ball, I'd say, like, 20 to 25 times a game. Like, if you look at his stat line, and that's right where they want him. But we haven't seen a situation where Louisville's, like, been outside of pit, where they've been, like, behind the eight ball. And they've really had to throw a lot. And I feel like that, you know, that's going to come to roost at some point. I feel like.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a huge question next week of like, what does Miami look like at noon, by the way, at home, which is never one of the better atmospheres that Miami plays in. Like, yeah, you've got like what's going to be probably a top 10 team coming in. I I would imagine they'd probably get up for that, but off the Florida State loss, who the hell knows what Miami you're going to get at any point in time, so who knows? I I don't know. Um, I will say that the the, the big thing, I think, that came out of this game, and I mentioned this earlier in the rapid recap, I think it was, was uh, was texting with my dad during this game, and he made the the comment of, you know, shouldn't a top 10-ish team have a better passing game than this? And my response was, your issue is Jack Plummer if you have a a better more seasoned quarterback, this passing game is is much more effective in my mind they've got the offensive line they've got the receivers to do it it's Jack Plummer was was off target on a number of uh, of occasions in this game where you should have had big plays for Louisville and they turn into incomplete passes because yeah. you have limitations at the quarterback position yeah. Um, now is what he's doing, is that better than you know putting in a true freshman? Is it better than you know putting in someone else? Yeah, I guess so. It's, it's safer, and especially when you got a run game like you do, you don't have to put in the, the high volatility quarterback. but like you also got to realize that, that in the games where your running game starts to s- slow down a little bit and you need to move the ball through the air. You might not have your full uh, arsenal of options doing that when you've got right. a, a quarterback like Jack Plummer behind center.
1: Yeah, I think that's all fair. Uh, just got to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Got to ask the question. I mean, Louisville's going to have to throw against Florida State. Like, they're going to have to. Florida State will stop. percent. Oh, the they're going to yeah. have to throw. I mean, I, the only way Louisville's competitive in a conference title game is if they throw the ball. So, yeah. you know. And if you're going to lose one of the two, lose to Kentucky, like beat Miami next week, solidify your spot in the title game, and then lose to Kentucky—that's fine. You're not going to a playoff with one loss anyway. This is not a playoff team. You can't lose to Pittsburgh by 17. A Pittsburgh team that's probably going to go two and
0: ten. You can't. I mean, if they're a 12 and one conference champion, win no over shot. Florida State, win over no Kentucky, shot. no I, shot. No way. I, I no wouldn't way. say no shot.
1: Over, over who? Over Oregon and the the loser in the Big Ten title game, I think would have a better case.
0: I mean, Florida State has that little number four next to the name, right? If you got that skin on your wall, I mean. Plus, Kentucky's a, an SEC team. You beat Indiana earlier. That's a Big Ten team. Like Indiana, Indiana. You beat Notre Dame. Like you blew out Notre Dame. I would it is. Surprised. It is not that far fetched to me that twelve and one conference champion Louisville makes the playoff.
1: Now, it would be no. surprising.
0: Now, no, 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 no. If they no. get to the playoff, I've already, I've already thought through. No. Like, what is my, uh, what is my <laughs> outlook on the playoff? And no. it is just be happy to be here. Like, no, <laughs> everything is gravy.
2: No, that was Scott. They're I, gonna, they're gonna have a loss to two and ten Pittsburgh. That's it. That's it. That's that's it. I agree.
1: They're I gonna agree. have a loss. If you if you go up against if you name the other like I think a one loss Louisville.
2: So, we talk about the Big Twelve. Give me two loss Alabama over one loss Louisville.
0: No. no, 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 no. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Wait, who's
1: out? Yeah. Al- wait, wait, wait! Alabama's got to win the. They'd have to win the conference title, though.
2: I mean, Alabama's not going to lose next week. They're playing. Uh... That's what I'm saying. If They lose to Georgia. I'd rather have them than Louisville.
0: No, I. I... Is two loss Alabama a better team than one loss Louisville? Yes. yes, absolutely. Full course, stop. Right. I'm not. Of course. I'm not making. Of course they are right, right.
2: Okay, as long as you admit that, it's fine. I...
0: I'm not saying that Louisville is one of the four best teams in the country. I don't care who they beat. They're nah, not. This, that's this not is, the
1: that's point. A resume. This is a resume conversation. It's,
0: it's yeah. Resume who who that's they fine. beat, you know, whatever. That's what I'm that's saying. That's fine. Totally fine. Again, totally fine. W- once mean. you get, once you get that four seed in the playoff, you're just happy to be here. You have no expectations. Anything else is gravy. Like agree. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you're fine. not going to do anything.
1: Resume. Re- it's a resume conversation. I'm fine. with moving on. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: And you have anything else here?
0: I don't think so. I mean, again, just uh, impressed with, with Virginia. I think that Virginia is quite a bit better at this point in the year than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. And I think that Tony Elliott is, if he hasn't already, I think he's very close to earning at least a year, a year, three at the very least. I I would struggle if they decided to move on at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this, I think Virginia is better than Pittsburgh. And they're both kind yeah. of heading in the same direction. I think Virginia is better than Pittsburgh. I think Virginia, uh, I'm looking at the schedule. Like, Virginia didn't get to play Pittsburgh. They didn't get to play Wake Forest. i take Virginia in a game against Wake Forest. Um, I would take Virginia. I would, I'd like to see Virginia play Syracuse. <laughs> I think that game would be pretty competitive. So, Virginia's... Kind of gotten boned with their schedule too, for <laughs> being quite honest. Yeah. Like you look up and down, like it's not the easiest schedule they've
0: played this yeah. year either. So, yeah. just, um I, I okay, so fun. one one other thing I do want to address is that I've been made aware, and I believe Chris Grondin's in our, our chat right now who could tell us. Um, there were multiple Virginia fans that were quite unhappy with the officiating in this game and felt like it was very poor officiating. Um, thought that the hit on Paris... I saw something like the, the hit on Paris Jones should have been targeting. Um, I know that the the final like fourth down in completion, there was thought that should have been pass interference or holding. I, I didn't... I, I, Personally, I did not notice anything in this game that made me think like the officiating is really tilted one way or the other, or it's like, this, really inconsistent or poor. I, not like Carolina Duke. No, no, this was not the worst officiating in the ACC this weekend. Like there were two wasn't games even specifically
1: <laughs> two
0: games specifically that
1: are worse. And that we didn't I even mention. Worse. We didn't even really mention the officiating. We talked about Miami, Florida State. It was terrible. The officiating was really, really bad in that game. We didn't. Even I thought really about that a minute ago.
0: I don't even think we mentioned the fact of, like, Jordan Travis was safety in that game, right? Like yeah, what? we
1: did not. We, we need to address, well, we can address that, like, in awards if you'd like. I mean, we, that yeah, could be, like, a two for that. that. But that, that was a, a safety that was reviewed and then turned into not a safety. What are we doing? It's like, explain to me how that was not a safety Why? because.
2: Why? Why? Why?
1: Works I must too. not understand the rules. I don't get it. Nobody, yeah. nobody got it.
0: Nobody understood it. I did not think the officiating in Louisville, Virginia, was like particularly bad. There were multiple like flags that were thrown that were picked up, and I, I, I mean, if you want to consider that bad officiating, I, I, I guess I understand why you would think that. But I didn't see a lot on replays that were like, oh, that was egregious. You know, that that shouldn't have been called or that should have been called. Like, and maybe I wasn't looking for it, but I. I I, I that wasn't something that struck me with this game that, that officiating really impacted it one way or the other. Chris
1: grondon the refs favoring Louisville is kind of overblown, but a close non-call to decide the game. Flags were picked up, which confused people.
0: The, okay, so so the close non-call is assuming that we're talking about the final fourth down. Virginia, they threw it kind of to the outside, like. I thought that was a 50-50 call. I, I wouldn't have been upset if they had thrown the flag. I'm not upset they didn't throw the flag. Um, ha- both you know, the receiver and the defender had their hands on each other. The, I, the analogy that I made, I, I think, on Twitter was basically like, Anthony Calandria was like a pitcher who's painting the corner of a strike zone. Um, and, and he got it there, except the receiver had the strike zone moved a little bit out from where Calandria thought it should have been. Like. It was going to be a tough catch. It was only available to the receiver, except the receiver wasn't quite in the perfect position to catch it. And that's what happens. Like, again, I didn't think it was anything egregious. I don't think that anyone got robbed by uh, the flag that was thrown or not thrown. So, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Should the the hit on Jones have been targeting or a flag thrown for it? No, I don't think so. I think that was, again, thinking of the guy, Uh, you know nobody deserves what he is now having to go through for you know spinal surgery hoping he walks again like that kind of thing was the hit illegal was it egregious no i don't think it was it was it it just happens when you play this game with these rules at this speed i don't think that there was any sort of egregious freak play freak play play. scott freak play yeah, it just, it happens. It happens, and it sucks, but it happens. Yep. Uh, one more thing from Evan, by the way. I think Virginia could be seven and five next year with their schedule and plan. Would not put it past them. I sure. Virginia yeah. is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> As we say, Mike, isn't that right? That was well timed.
1: NC State twenty six, Wake Forest six. We're moving on. I've decided.
0: Uh, we done. Mike Michael Kern was was the guy for Wake in <laughs> this game, dude. Like, are we drawing straws? <laughs> in the I was, gonna, room? Say, well, I was uh, gonna say. I was like, gonna say. The like, grief. It's.
1: Uh, I mean, uh, Dave Clawson doesn't even know.
2: He sounded so defeated in the post game. So Bro, defeated. He was like. We didn't play a competitive game. We were flat. We were terrible. We, we gotta be... go back to the drawing board, figure out quarterback. Yeah. Like it's like one for not 12 the standard we've on been third for the downs. four to five to six years. It's like it falls it falls on me, but like mm. we were bad.
0: <laughs> Your leading rusher was Damon Claiborne with eight carries for twelve yards. Uh, mm. man. Nice. Credit to NC State going on the road and doing this on defense. This is, uh, this is rough. This was rough.
1: Uh, Brendan Armstrong actually played pretty well here. I know his passing mm-hmm. numbers are kind of hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he was 12 of 17 for 111 yards and a touchdown. He's an early uh, leader in the clubhouse for the Kobe Bryant Memorial Volume Shooter of the Week. But, uh, he ran the ball while well here. Uh, Kevin Concepcion ran the ball while well here. I mean NC State did just enough offensively and they didn't have to do a ton. Yeah. Because the NC State defense as I honestly should have predicted on the preview and I just just went ahead and picked Wake Forest I thought the line was weird. I should have just understood that like Wake Forest offense has been really bad all year and NC State's defense is really good and they are not going to score a lot of points. That should have been the conclusion I came to. For some reason, the conclusion I came to was let's bet on Wake Forest today. Which, you know, sometimes you're stupid, and uh, you know that falls on me. I gotta be, I gotta be better. I will be better next week. This was a blowout. I mean, this this was never competitive. Wake Forest was never in this game. NC State kind of cruised along. It was twenty-one nothing at the half. Wake Forest could not do anything on offense. This game was over at halftime. Over. It was done.
0: Mike, look. Baseball is a high-variance game, and you got to know that we can only trust CW underdogs so far. It, it, sometimes this is going to happen to them, right? Like I, That's so. right.
1: Sometimes it is going to happen. This is um, the first favorite that's covered on the CW this year. NC State <laughs> is undefeated on the CW this year. We talked about that in the rapid reaction at the front of the show tonight. Mm-hmm. They're 4-0 now on the CW, so <laughs> it's a Wolfpack network.
0: That's that's ACC as hell. Uh, Mike, what do you think Wake Forest's team total is next week? Wake Forest plays... Uh, they play Notre in Dame. In South okay. Bend yeah. next week.
1: Yeah. see, I, I'm going to go four not, and a half. I, there's, listen, there are not a lot of guarantees in life, but I can guarantee that Wake Forest is going to die next week. I will guarantee you that. Notre Dame's going <laughs> to be favored bang, by...
0: Bang, 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 you're oh, dead!
1: <laughs> Notre Dame's going to be favored by like 18 or 19 next week, right? <laughs> you think more? you think more?
0: i was gonna like what are we more we, we think 24 to 3 or what like where does notre dame call the dogs off here like
1: notre dame's offense is kind of some ass like
0: what, what do evidence you... do we have that wake is going to move the ball at all on notre dame's defense no no,
2: no I, I don't i don't yeah, think they're going revenge to game
0: oh evan sandage nailed it
1: the same, same Hartman Hartman Bowl. Ball. He's been excellent for Notre Dame this year. He hasn't stopped throwing your receptions since September.
0: It's the same. <laughs> yeah, but this Wake team, man, like they've lost six out of seven. The only win was a fluke win against Pitt. Like
1: they're they're gonna lose the last two. Yeah. Like I don't think they're beating Notre Dame. I don't think they're beating Syracuse at the dome.
0: Wake is cooked, man. They're they're right. done. And it's 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 a shame. Like this this is this is the first year since we've been doing this podcast that it's like Wake is kind of drastically underperforming preseason expectations, but it, it's just been that kind of year. They've had unfortunate injuries and it's just kind of a gap year. And again, it happens, it sucks, but would like to think that uh there's some improvement going into next year. We'll see. <laughs>
1: The bottom of the ACC, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Virginia, Wake Forest, in that order, they're combined 4-21 and in conference play. This is the first year we've been doing this podcast, was it 7 or 8 years?
0: This is year 8.
1: I don't remember the bottom of the ACC ever being this bad, where there's like that many teams with one conference win this late in the year. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. But this feels like exceptionally bad at the bottom of the conferences here.
0: And I keep wondering my, to myself, like, does this have something to do with the lack of divisions for the first time? But also, again, you just mentioned four teams, Maybe. right? Yeah. Two of them were in the ACC championship game less than 24 months ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, what do you make but, of that? I don't know. Like
1: they're they're combined six and fourteen
0: overall, and two and eleven in conference play. Yeah, you know, two of the most stable, consistent programs since we've been doing this podcast, and they both are just kind of pushovers this year in in a way. Like you know, I thought,
1: I thought Pitt would be the third best team in the ACC this year. They're yeah, the third worst. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't I didn't specify that. Should have.
0: Yeah, I don't have a lot else here. Um yeah, no, Brennan Armstrong the leading rusher both in carries and yards for NC State, which interesting. Sure. Is NC State going to be ranked when they go to Blacksburg? Uh
1: <laughs> not not probably not in the college football playoff rankings, but like are they going to be ranked when they go to Blacksburg? They're 7 and 3 and they're 4 and 2 in conference play. Are they
0: going to be ranked? Sneak in at you know, 25 or 24 or something like that. That's not not out of the question. Um, it's hysterical. I mean, they got smoked by Duke. They kept it close and nearly beat Louisville. And uh, they hung with Notre Dame for two and a half quarters. So and then died. Yeah. Then died. Yeah. I think their problem, I mean, they've got wins over Miami and Clemson. and Other than that, that that's about as marquee as your wins get. So I think that's maybe NC State's problem at this point is lack of uh, lack of marquee wins. Call it that.
1: Evan Sandage asked if they were receiving votes last week in the AP poll. They had like three or four votes. Mm, so not not really. They were like basically like thirty first or thirty second. Like if you were ranking them.
0: This is where voters are. Uh just kind of like looking at teams and records and like power five team with, uh, you know, six and three. Uh, yeah, sure. 25. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're at the point of the year where you're kind of guessing at the bottom of the poll.
0: NC state is quite flawed, but again, I will maintain, I think this is arguably Dave Doran's best coaching job in Raleigh. Yeah. Um, yeah. A team that has really struggled and has been really limited in a lot of ways, but has continued to find ways to win games. Um, i I have historically been critical of Dave Doran. I have no no criticisms at all. I think this has been this has been a, a really impressive coaching job for him, and uh I really, really appreciate his wrestling promos that he cuts at times on uh you know post game interviews, that kind of thing. So yeah. go get him, Dave.
1: Go get him. Uh, yep. There's a decent chance they win eight games in the regular season, and depending on what the bowl game situation is, wouldn't put it past him to win nine games. Which mm-hmm. is pretty miraculous when you consider the fact they haven't really had a good quarterback all year. It's a good coaching job.
0: I if did. they finish nine and three, that'd be six and two in conference. Like, sure, sure, yeah. Why not?
1: They could back their way in. It's not impossible they could back their way into an ACC title game. They're still yep. alive, by the way. Yep. So just something yep. to monitor over the next couple of weeks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Last game because it's almost two a.m. Syracuse twenty-eight. Uh uh Easter time, of course, Joey. I don't want to insult you. Almost one o'clock your time.
0: Uh it Syracuse. Feels like
1: two. Syracuse twenty eight, yeah. Well, feels like three. Try the daylight savings thing. Uh, Syracuse twenty-eight, pit thirteen. So uh Dan Villari, uh he is a tight end for Boston College turned quarterback in this game
0: because Garrett Trader was he was he at Boston College or has always I don't, been at
1: Syracuse? I don't, <laughs> I don't very funny. You I said it was two AM. Sorry, never mind. I d I don't want I don't want to lie to you, but Dino Babers does. Dino Babers tried to tell us that Garrett Schrader was healthy, which if that were the case, a tight end would not be going three of five, be your leading passer for twelve yards. My uh one of my editors of sports illustrated, Dan Lyons. Shout out, Dan. He is a Syracuse alum. Used to write with our old friend John Casillo at Nunes Magician. Uh, Dan tweeted this. He said something along the lines of, if we're going to go full option offense in the second half, I'm here for it, which is basically what Syracuse did. They just straight up ran the ball like 25 times in the second half yeah. because they they couldn't throw it. And Dino I mean, it worked being, for
0: Michigan earlier in the game. So
1: and, <laughs> Dino was being totally disingenuous. In saying that, Garrett Schrader was healthy here. He clearly wasn't. He did a backflip. He lined up at receiver at one point and did a backflip, which Joey and I were tweeting. What we're texting each other about? We're like, "What is happening here?"
0: Yeah, he looks completely unhealthy doing a standing backflip in the middle of a play.
2: Like, he, he made the thumbnail. If you guys clicked on YouTube, you would have seen yeah. him.
0: Yeah, if you didn't see this, there's a there's a famous like fake punt or something from ten years ago where. There's a like a gunner out to one of the sides who, for the sake of numbers and stuff, like he has to be on the line, I think, but he's not allowed to like actually go out for a pass. And so the, the ball is snapped and he Im- immediately like starts to like clutch his chest and like fall backwards, like a like planking, falling backwards, like he's like having a heart attack or something like that. It's like this like ridiculous uh, like theatric thing this guy does in the middle of a play. That's basically what Garrett Schrader did at one point in the first half of this game where uh, they, they they line up in this kind of goofy formation. They split the quarterback way out to one side. And I, I can't, they were either setting up to or they actually did throw uh, like a direct snap pass to the other side kind of thing. But Garrett Schrader trying to do his part here, ball snapped, and uh, his, his job here is to just Take a couple steps back and do a standing backflip, which was really impressive athletically, but also just like, yeah, he looks really hurt, Mike. Really, really yeah. hurt. Yeah. I guess it's a shoulder thing or something like that. It's like, got
1: to be shoulder or wrist or. Yeah. Something. Not good. Uh, this guy, Dan Villari. I mean, I. I got to make some phone calls for some appointments on Monday for my house. And I feel like I'm going to speak to somebody named Dan <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Speaking of going pro and things other than sports. I was
1: going to say, I mean, I'd say the chances are pretty high that I talk to him on the phone before he plays a game in the NFL. Uh, 17 carries for 154 yards and a touchdown. Good for him. It's pretty uh, good for a tight end. Garrett Schrader, 14 for 96 and a touchdown. Like Allen, the team's actual running back, twenty-eight carries for one hundred and two yards here. Syracuse ran for almost four hundred yards in this game.
0: Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. That is pretty that's good. pretty good.
1: Uh, Pitt ran non-sack adjusted. Pitt ran for sixty yards, which I would say is good, but it's not good. It's bad. It's really bad.
0: Pitt, Pitt didn't do a whole lot of a whole lot of anything on offense for no. a lot of this game. Honestly, no. Uh, They really did Nate Yarnell sighting.
1: They're totally lost, man. They, they've, they turned the ball over four times here. They fumbled three times. They are through a pick. We had a Nate Yarnell sighting late. Yeah, this was uh, not very good. (laughs) Not very good by Pittsburgh. (laughs) Not good.
0: What are the odds that Nate Yarnell is just like a name that I got out of chat GPT a little bit ago? Like, is he a Nate. real quarterback for Pittsburgh, or did I just make that up? Two guys named
1: Two guys named Dan Villari and Nate Yarnell took snaps <laughs> under center. <laughs> two of the Two of the whitest people on the East Coast took snaps in this game.
0: Syracuse ran for almost 400 yards, and their leading rusher was a tight end. That That's Mad Libs stuff, Mike. Like that does like, make it make sense.
1: I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a question that I've asked the last couple of weeks: Is Dino Babers keeping his job?
0: I, I, I mean, after they beat Georgia Tech in Atlanta next week, yeah, probably. Um, I think
1: Syracuse. By the way, I think I think Syracuse is going to go to a bowl game.
0: Uh, let's see. They got Georgia Tech, and then they have Wake for. Oh, they're they're beating Wake Forest. Wake Forest is done. Done. So, yeah, it's just a matter of if they're 6 and 6 or 7 and 5.
1: Joey, I don't want to I don't want to put this into the universe cuz I really don't want to make you mad. But if Syracuse goes se- if Syracuse goes 7 and 5, can you imagine how funny that would be? This team
0: stinks. Man, they yeah, like it I feel weird saying they stink because like they started off like pretty good. And then they ran through that nasty stretch of their schedule and they came out just looking awful, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks. And then this week came out with some apparent, like old Testament game plan or whatever it was. It just, you know, run the ball 70 times old Testament game plan. And they win by two touchdowns and
1: uh, dude was hitting up up Abraham for that. Yeah. It's like,
0: you know, I don't know if I would say they stink, but they're you know, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what to make of Syracuse. It's all very confusing, Mike. It's upsetting. I don't know.
1: I'm just basically if they don't you, go, but... if
0: they don't go to a bowl game, I I definitely think that Dino's yeah pull the plug. They're moving on. Yeah, pull the plug. Um, but I really don't think they have to worry about that at this point in two weeks with Wake coming to town. I I think Wake is without a pulse at this point. I think they're done. Yeah, I agree. So you, you'll si- at least get to six.
1: Syracuse is still at least trying hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They sure so, are.
1: That's all I got. Is Pitt trying hard? Trying hard to get Narduzzi in trouble.
0: Trying hard I to get- play for a guy who uh, was kind of talking some trash about the roster.
1: I bet some of those Pittsburgh transfers wish that Arduzzi got suspended.
0: Yeah. I'm sure they would have been really, really torn up about that if uh, if he had. So. Yeah.
1: At least he's got a lot of players that really enjoy playing for him. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. That's Evan,
1: Sand- Evan Sanders asked, what do we make of Pat Arduzi's future? Uh, he won the ACC title less than 24 months ago. He's fine.
0: He'll... For the foreseeable future, if he wants to be at Pittsburgh, he'll be at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, Hard to imagine. He would need like two more years of this for them to fire him, I think, within reason. Um, Yeah. Now, could someone from, I don't know, Michigan State or Northwestern or some other type of program like that that has bigger bucks than Pitt, could they call him up and hire him away? They could. Yeah. And even with a rough year like this, I would understand them doing so. So, I, you know, who knows? But Pitt's not if if the question is, is he getting fired? No, absolutely not. Not right now.
1: Pat Narduzzi at Northwestern would be hysterical. That would would. be the perfect. Oh, by the way, I, I forgot to mention this. That'd be the perfect spot for him. What are we doing at offensive coordinator? This Frank Cignetti's got to be like, something else. That's that's a wrap, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I guess I, I should have mentioned that at the top. What, what's what's the end goal here? We're firing
0: him, right? And I, I don't been, need to be
1: like asking yeah. for the pitchforks to get a guy fired, but like we're firing him, right?
0: Yeah. This this pit offense has been a disaster for most of this year. It's a disaster. Um, so yeah, no. I if they don't fire Frank Cignetti, I don't know what the thought process is there. Like, do you really expect something better next year after what we've done so far? It's so bad, dude. Not great. Not great. Syracuse 28, pit 13. It's time for awards, Mike. It's time for awards. Well, as we were alluding to, I think the, uh, the go easy member of the week Probably has to go to a Garrett Schrader doing a standing backflip in the middle of the play because, you know, you got to give the people what they want, Mike.
1: Give them what they want. Just we're doing back. We're lining up at receiver. We're doing backflips. And we got Dino Babers dumbass saying that everybody's healthy and there's nothing to see here. Sure, dude. We're all idiots. (laughs) That's why you're lining your quarterback up at receiver. Your indispensable quarterback, by the way, the guy who you literally didn't want like any other guys taking snaps. You didn't want, you know, to really spread the ball out in the offense at all. You wanted to just be Garrett Schrader or Sean Tucker for like two full years. And then all of a sudden, when Garrett Schrader doesn't get any touches really in the pat, like he won't throw the ball at all. And you're basically just using him as a running back. He's lining up a receiver doing backflips. You're telling me he's healthy. Sure.
0: Of course he is.
1: Sure, dude. <laughs> Liar.
0: You try to award that. What? You try to award? Yeah, the uh, Brian McGordon Memorial. You try to award. Uh, does, does, does that go to Wake trying to score points?
1: I was going to say Wake trying to score points, or Boston College trying to play defense. I think those are the two real easy <laughs> candidates.
0: Trying to stop the run. Yeah. Boston College's defense that is uh you know not historically been an issue but today very much an issue
1: my god get out the red bandanas what did uh, what did uh our buddy James Coleman say
0: oh god something something the about, thing about the, thing the about ones the yeah let's leave that there I was gonna say I don't want to go any further into that y'all can go find the uh Florida State preview if you want to relive that comment
1: it was elite shout out Caleb made it for the awards most important part
0: that's right Our guy. Uh, What what else we got? Kobe Bryant Memorial Volume Shooter of the Week Award. Oh. Uh, (laughs) Let's
1: go to the Boston College box score, shall we? Uh,
0: Yeah. Yikes.
1: Thomas Gasolano's 10 of 20 (laughs) for 110 yards. Yeah. Touchdown and two picks. Really, really bad. I'm also going to go to the Wake Forest box score because we have (laughs) some candidates in there as well.
0: Yeah. Wake playboard eight carries worse. for twelve yards. Yikes. that's
1: that's pretty good. Uh, Brandon Armstrong as well, twelve of seventeen for <laughs> hundred and eleven yards.
0: That's something. That's oh man. I feel really weird again calling out Emory Williams. Twenty-three I... passes for one hundred seventy-five yards. Actually, yeah. not bad. But like twenty-three passes for eight completions. Kobe to that.
1: Kobe to that is right. He'll be that as right
0: uh yeah no not very good do not we have good. a uh, connor stallion's memorial steel of the week award <laughs> steel of the week
1: uh steel of the week goes to north carolina
0: <laughs> i think it does yeah. it's real easy uh that's an escape
1: that's an escape yeah yeah stop the steel <laughs> the way up We call way up in this business.
0: Is there there a North Carolina fans joke I could make there? Or uh, is that where we get the red light from Scott?
1: Uh, Well, (laughs) they stole grades from their paper classes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. They did that too. Uh, Team of the week, Syracuse? Coming back from the dead? Sure. Boston College wiping the floor? (laughs) Sorry virginia tech wiping the floor with boston college that's ironic
1: oh speaking of which i got an award for you queen Elizabeth II memorial you died award goes to boston college and all those fans and the mentions that i'm going to continue to ambush over the next 24 to 48 hours i uh there are more Mike of you. seats oh there are more of you by the way and i just got busy at work unfortunately for you but good news is before i go to bed tonight and all day tomorrow i got some time yeah so and i, I was just getting started i was getting my jokes <laughs> off i was just getting started <laughs> some guy asked me i was uh running the numbers on on bc's average margin of victory and there are six wins somebody told me to put the calculator away and then that was last sunday and then today i told him i didn't need a calculator to count to 26 which is <laughs> how much bc lost by
0: oh, my so. my favorite was the uh the, the one about like you know who cares how much they how many times they won by one score it's like how they done in four score games
1: yeah have they done four score games? That's a fair <laughs> question.
0: Well done, uh, Mike. We haven't done player of the week yet. Uh yeah, player of the week.
1: Uh Clemson's favorite player was Haynes King. Does yeah. that count?
0: No, yeah, no, no, yeah. He he contributed a lot to Clemson's yeah. <laughs> Clemson win that there today. Um yeah, I don't know if there was a particular player for Clemson that stuck out. I mean they just sort of smothered second this game
1: yeah no i
0: i don't know if he can win it but like honorable mention anthony calandria for virginia yeah. like arguably single-handedly the reason that they were in that game and in position to win it potentially
1: yeah yeah um, so i think
0: he's up there kyron drones had a good game today
1: 354 all purpose
0: yep pretty good
1: uh anybody on carolina tez walker amari in hampton like mm-hmm. Those two guys in particular, two really good games. Drake yeah, May had another good. Drake May another really good game, three forty plus.
0: Yep. So Syracuse's leading passer and rusher, tight end Dan Villari.
1: <laughs> led I'll the team on,
0: twelve passing yards.
1: I'll see you on Monday to do the pest control on my house, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> see you Monday afternoon.
0: There you go. All right. There's your team and player of the week, Mike. That's all I've got on week eleven. Anything else before we get out of here?
1: One hour and fifty four minutes, basically. Crisp. crisp, crisp.
0: That's right. Let's get out of here. We got to come back and preview week twelve. We've got eight games. We got to preview. Uh, one of them is on Thursday, Boston College at Pittsburgh. Yeah. So we will come back and do that, and then it moves, I say gross. eight eight total games. We also got four state get an fcs game so that's that's that'll be 45 seconds but the other seven will probably take i don't know an hour and a half so yeah, be here
1: 44 seconds more than i need
0: yeah <laughs> why, why
1: uh yeah boston College. that that'll be a disgusting game boston college pit on thursday night
0: we'll talk about that who's favored i i think it's boston uh, wh- college
1: whoever's not watching it is favored
0: ESPN's FBI gives Pitt a 65% chance of winning. That game. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. I <laughs> uh, can't wait to see that spread. See how that goes. So anyways, come back and uh, we will preview that game and many, many more. In the meantime, uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FJS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SI together at BC podcast ACC. We're on YouTube. This is where we do these live previews and recaps, so come join us in the chat. Uh, YouTube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell icon to be notified when we're going to go live. We'd really, really appreciate that. Um, and, and by the way, the, the thing that I've forgotten to mention when we talk about YouTube, uh, send us, as, as we go through these, you know, these weekends, send us links to videos and such on Twitter if you've got nominees for Go ACC Moment of the Week or uh team of the week, player of the week, whatever it is, any of our awards, we would love your nominees as you uh, watch these games and, and kind of help us out during the during the day and give us some visibility and help you know be part of the show. So send us those things as you have them. Yep. Uh Mike, run iTunes on Google, Amazon, Spotify, all the places you go find your audio podcast if you're doing that after the fact. Uh, we're on uh, you, you can send us your questions, comments, concerns, the longest email address, no demand basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, where else on the social medias?
1: Facebook, Facebook.com slash basketball conference rate right, review. Find all of our podcasts there. Uh, Instagram at B.C. podcast, ACC. We've already plugged YouTube, but YouTube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Subscribe. Give us a rating, give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Mm-hmm. Joey mentioned that already, but please make sure you do that. Really helpful for us.
0: Go buy stuff from Section One Hundred Three. Go buy stuff from Home Field. Go buy tickets from Vivid Seats. Use the link. Uh, use our promo codes and, and support them. Help help them support us. Help them know that our audience supports them. Yep. We're getting to the point in the night where words are hard, so I might uh might go ahead and cut this off here. How do we feel?
1: We're we're done. See you on the preview.
0: Scott, do we forget anything? Nope, I'm sleepy. Sounds good. I'm going to sleep. All right. Me too. Let's come back and preview week 12. Until then, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys to to all the folks in the chat for joining us here late on Saturday night. Uh, We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, uh, that's not the phrase that I normally use. We're going to get out of here. We're going to come back and preview week 12. Until then. For Mr. Mike McDaniel, for Mr. Producer Scott, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC.